This episode of Faces and Feels podcast is brought to you by Pario. Pario Magazine is a bi-monthly physical print magazine highlighting individuals with a desire to create. The latest issue of Pario Magazine is a special Aussie wrestling edition focusing on the heroes behind the scenes. Find Pario online at www.pariomagazine.com.au. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. It is the weight of the world. It is the man known only as York. How are you today, sir? Good, my friend. Good. How are we doing? I am very good. I've just gotten back from a couple of weeks holiday where I got a chance to go to Melbourne. I got to see Deathmatch Down Under Live. And when I was there, I had to seek out the only other Perth boy in the entire place and introduce myself. So it was nice to meet you face to face, man. Yeah, it was a pleasure. I, I just can't believe that you traveled all the way down from Perth because I, I did that trip. I, I drove um from perth to melbourne when i moved to melbourne and it was hell so kudos to you for making the trip down well i definitely didn't drive it i uh i flew i flew to melbourne but then after like a couple of days after the show we did hire a car and then we drove to adelaide and then flew back so we kind of did like the great ocean road and the the Grampians and did a bunch of sightseeing and stuff like that, which was really nice. But I don't know if i would drive beyond adelaide to get back to perth because it gets (laughs) real fucking bleak (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you know that Western Australia is massive. So, yeah. like, a good half of that trip was just trying to leave the state. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe how close, in my mind, like, everything sort of spaced out evenly. But in reality, Adelaide's yeah. actually pretty close to Melbourne, you know. So, it, it was, like, a really pleasant drive. But once you step over into WA, it's just fucking desert and brush it's <laughs> long yeah, long that's savage man so t- tell me how you came to to relocate to melbourne i guess like, like that's a pretty big drive to undertake and you know a pretty big move yeah. to make um it just came from uh, a few different things a couple of personal um ventures like um my ex-partner wanted to um be closer to family um and i've always wanted to wrestle in melbourne and kind of dodged melbourne sort of with all my wrestling i've done adelaide i've done sydney um i've done queensland Mm -hmm. um obviously i've done perth Mm -hmm. i've just i'd never touched melbourne i was like why not let's do it yeah um and it was just kind of happenstance that you know our lease was ending and and melbourne was kind of calling and this is just Mind you, this is like just before COVID. Oh, really? So we had no idea what was waiting for us. Wow. So, <laughs> um, so it's it's only that recent, like we're talking like, yeah. you know, 2019, yeah, 2020 kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So like we, we got into Melbourne, I think maybe for a week, mm-hmm. everything was normal. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, yeah, so uh, you're locked down and you can't leave the house for a year and a half. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that literally, that exact same thing happened to friends of mine as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, my my wife's like best friend got an opportunity, real big career opportunity. Okay, we're going to take it. We're going to do this. We're going to relocate yep. to Melbourne. And it was literally the same thing. Bang. And then they were just locked up for like two years. Kind of thing. Uh-huh. It was absolutely savage. So I don't uh, I don't envy you uh, that uh, at all. It definitely at the time felt like the wrong decision. Yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously that that uh that all passed and and we all got through it together and and it turned out to be pretty good decision in the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that then led to the opportunities with Deathmatch Down Under. So we'll rewind to the wrestling bit and kind of go from there. When I start the podcast, I like to ask people what are some of the first faces that stood out to them when they first became interested in professional wrestling. So if you think back to when you were a kid or whenever you were first. Uh, you know, uh, dragged into it, I guess. What, what are those early memories looking like? Um, 1999, uh, Chris Jericho's debut yeah, in okay. WWF. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's quite literally my first memory of wrestling. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I was completely and utterly hooked the moment Jericho opened his mouth. Yeah. Um, and just to see, like, because I, weirdly, I'm, I've, I've never really gravitated towards The Rock. I've never really gravitated towards Stone Cold. Um, I've always sort of gravitated towards Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, all those sort of more flamboyant, um, cruiserweighty kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Um I was obviously a big Triple H fan as well. Yes. So um, that just, I, I think, yeah, Chris Jericho is sort of really what drew me into wrestling. And then from there it was, you know, the likes of Triple H, the likes of Eddie Guerrero, uh, Kane. Um, as a kid, I was massive into Kane. Yeah. Uh, not really an Undertaker guy, but massive into Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that all got heartbroken when, Obviously, he took his mask. So yeah, then <laughs> it's all over. Um, the the Jericho moment is such like an epic one in wrestling history. You know, like the the countdown and everything, and then the music and and that you know verbal jousting with the Rock. I guess like yeah, I can understand that straight away catching your eye. You know, even like his flamboyant shirts and the top ponytail right. and all the stuff he was doing. He was completely different from anything else that anybody was doing at the time. Um, so yeah, it makes sense to me that, that that would stand out to you as one of the early ones. I was definitely into wrestling kind of earlier than that, you know, like the earlier characters, but that was again, a huge one. Like he became like a big favorite of mine after he appeared. I wasn't really a WCW guy. So to me, he was just like a new guy appearing in WWF and I was, yeah. That's the same for me. Cause I, 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 well, I was five, six, like I didn't watch WCW. I, I I didn't even really go back and watch WCW all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was sort of my first introduction to wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I picked up quick enough as a kid does that, you know, the rock is, is doing the rock thing and, 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 and being sort of super charismatic and you're meant to like him and hate him at the same time. And, mm-hmm. But I just, Jericho was where it was at for me yeah. just from day one. Yeah, that's awesome. This is actually super interesting because I've I've had this conversation over and over for like over 100 episodes now about like first exposure professional wrestling, but I've never spoken to anybody else really like that grew up where we grew up. You know, there's a couple of like local wrestlers and stuff, but it, it wasn't really the same. So for, for you, how did you first get exposed to it? Um you know, being in Australia, it wasn't really on TV and stuff for us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, my, so I, I moved around a lot as a young kid. Um, but the one thing that was always constant is my dad would pick me up um, for like a Sunday drive and, and then like so watch some wrestling and get some like fish and chips. Yeah. Um, he was mad into wrestling. He was like definitely into like WCW stuff and like older stuff. Um, and, he used to sit me down and we used to watch it together. Yeah. Um, and that was just, I, I probably visually seen wrestling before that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that was sort of where I felt like I was watching it. Like I remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's tricky cause that moment's been play, played back so many times that you're like, do I actually remember it or do I just remember watching it? Mm-hmm. But like, no, I, I, I can remember, the shock on my dad's face because he watched WCW. Yeah. Um, and that was a moment for him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like this is sick. Yeah. So yeah, it was just because uh, my parents, well, my dad was into it. My mom really wasn't, but my dad was into it and he used to spend that sort of bonding time with me to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I, I also had that kind of thing going on with my dad. He didn't expose me to it, but he sort of knew what it was when I became interested in it and like we used to rent the vhs tapes and and things like that and i used to be like can we get this and he'd be like yeah it eventually sort of became a thing we would do together you know the weekend had come around and the new pay-per-view had been released and stuff and then yeah we'd do something like that get fish and chips or a hungry jacks or something and we'd sit there and watch you know the three-hour show just going crazy and like having a, a a good time and some of my favorite i guess memories of those you know legendary moments in wrestling uh, accompanied by like 
his laugh or, you know, um, him yep. going crazy with me and stuff like that. So it's funny that that moment uh, with Jericho strikes a chord with you, not only because of, like, the flamboyance of it, also because you're looking over at your old man and he's shook because he understands the gravity of the debut and stuff. That's really cool. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I had no idea of a kid. I was just like, this yeah, is my yeah, first yeah, so sort whatever. of mm-hmm. real exposure. Like, I've only watched WWF and WWE and it was like, okay, like there's something more going on here and, th- and that was intriguing in itself. And it took, took me years, I think probably 10 years before I even decided to ask what, what that moment was about to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, and it was, it was just because of the jump and like, there was a lot of people jumping, but that was like a really big one yeah. to jump from WCW. Um, so yeah, it was a really, really cool moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How do you then, so I guess you become a wrestling fan and you sort of grow up one through osmosis. How do you then seek out wrestling to train in it? Because I know for me, that seemed impossible, you know, growing up. I I grew up in Dongra and then in Geraldton and then I didn't move to Perth until university. So I, you know, there was no schools or anything or, or anything like that on my radar. How did you make the the jump to be able to start to train in wrestling so it was kind of um real lucky and sort of a bit of a happenstance um so i've been traveling a lot and i was in adelaide at the time um and i made a few friends uh who were into it and one of my mates from wyala uh came up to adelaide uh for a bit and sent me a message and he was like, do you know there's tryouts for wrestling? And I just kind of read the message and I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Like wrestling is this big thing on TV. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's in America or Japan and, and not even like UK wasn't even on my radar at that point either. So it was just like America and Japan. Yeah. And I was like, it doesn't exist here. It's, it's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, what do you mean, like, wrestling tryouts? He's like, yeah, dude, like, I'll send you the link. There's local wrestling. And he was a fan of the local wrestler. So he was a fan of Riot City Wrestling, which is who he found the tryout for. And um, I never heard of them. I never heard of them. I never heard of any other promotions locally. Um, and so he just basically was like, yeah, if you're interested, let me know, and I'll, you know, chuck the email, like, your name in the email as well. I was like, yeah, dude, of course I'm interested. That's like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we just, we quite literally just went down to a tryout. Um, we paid our money. Um, I remember um, it's a bit of a moment for my mate. It wasn't really a moment for me because I didn't know who the hell he was at the time, but it, it's now <laughs> a moment looking back at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chris Basso, just the, uh, the RCW uh, champion at the time, just walks and opens the, opens the joint for us. Yeah. Wow. Um, and my mate's like marking out hard, and I'm just like, I don't understand who is this guy. And like, my mate's like, he's a heavyweight champion. Like, like this guy's a big deal. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Um, turns out he's one of the best fucking human beings ever, Chris Masso. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we just did the tryout. That was that was it. It was like, do the tryout. We'll, we'll get back to you in two to three weeks or whatever. And um, I was super impatient, so I was like checking up with my mate, like, have they got back to you yet? They haven't got back to me. Like, did I fail? Did I not pass? Like, because I was super keen. Like, once I saw that ring, like, once we walked in there and I saw that ring and I saw, like, the sort of effort that people go to and and the training, and I was like, I'm hooked. Like, I'm hooked. Now, were you doing Um, any other kind of sport at the time or it was just, this is it, um, it. like, this is my first kind of venture into anything remotely athletic? No, I was doing Aussie rules football, mm-hmm. and I think most kids sort of were at the time. Um, but, like, I'm, what, 18 at this point? Yeah, okay. Um, so, like, I'm at the crossroads with football, whether I'm going to go further and make it or if I'm going to, you know, be in the, the A-League reserves or whatever it is and just pot along. Um, and I've always wanted to be a wrestler since that moment with Jericho. I was like, that's what I'm going to – I just turned to my dad. I remember turning to my dad, and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like this is this is what I'm gonna do with my life. Yeah. Um, and you know, my dad, being my dad, was just like, mm, okay, sure thing. Like, good luck. Yeah. Um, not trying to be a dick or anything. Just yeah. like he understood that it's it's a really really hard thing to do. Um, and that there isn't really like he didn't even really know of local places either. Like we went to 
World Wrestling All-Stars at one point. Um, and we got to see, like, Bret Hart and stuff, and that yeah. was cool. But, like, local, there wasn't anything mm-hmm. around yeah. that we that we thought anyway. So, yeah, like, just patiently waiting for this email, and then we finally got the email back, and we um, my mate's like, I got an email as well, and like, we both made it. And I was like, that's fucking rad. Like, yeah. Yeah. We, finally, we finally did it. So that's how it all started. Yeah. And you just got in there and started training. What, was in, what did you have to do in the tryout? Was it like... Like you're here at the performance center, are you doing like heaps of fucking drills and <laughs> you know a hundred um, Hindu squats and all this kind of stuff? Or I I was a pretty like skinny kid um, who sort of didn't have the best cardio, <laughs> um, so, so I struggled through the cardio. So it was a bit of cardio, mm-hmm. um, nothing like hectic. They weren't like killing us or anything. Um, like looking back at now, knowing what I do to stay fit and wrestle now, mm-hmm. um, they weren't killing us back when I, when I thought I was like, they're killing us. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> I was in yeah. there going, they're, they're murdering us. Like, we're not going to make it. I'm going to vomit. I think, um, I think a few people did vomit. I got very close or I might've, I don't quite remember. Um, I definitely remember feeling like I needed to. Um, and then it was just getting in and, and doing break falls. So they just kind of ran through the mechanics of basic breakfalls. Um, and that's one thing that I picked up real quick. Uh, I didn't really pick up the cardio and, and the mechanics of wrestling itself, like the moves or anything, but I could break fall. Um, I had sort of that, I didn't have that fear that a lot of people had um, when they were learning about falling to the ground. I was just like, no, I know people do this for a living. Like I'm sure it's safe. Yeah. Um, so I was able to switch that sort of like fear off pretty easily. But yeah, it was just breakfalls and cardio from what I remember and like squats and stuff. Um, just to see if you would give up, I think, more than anything. Yeah. Um, especially back then, like, because Riot City Wrestling is like, it was big then, but like, it's massive now. Yeah. Like, it's huge. Um, and you got so many talented kids and, and even like, even the guys who have been there from day one are still stupid talented. Like, so I, I guess I was kind of lucky doing the tryout when I did the tryout, um, sort of when they, they wanted more people in there. Um, so yeah, it was basic stuff. And then as that develops, how long are you training for before you say, get on your first show? Um, I was really lucky. I, um, so Matt Basso, also known as Grimm, um, sort of, carried me through a like a two minute squash at supernova um so that the pop culture festival like we we i think i was only training anywhere between like three to six months um and i got that opportunity and it was it was nothing crazy like i just i was in there i took a few bumps i lost move on like it was nothing like i didn't do any moves or anything but it was a really good moment because it got me in front of people um, and that was the hardest part, honestly, in wrestling. The hardest part is not shitting bricks when you're in front of people, um, and and doing that moment where you're like deer in the headlights, or you're just staring, and you're like, "Oh no, what's going to happen?" Um, so like, yeah, it was it was alright, sort of getting in that early with somebody like Matt. Um, and then I think I did another one, another, I did a tag with, uh, Brad Smythe and Chris Basso again. Uh, uh, so against those two with, um, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. I feel bad now. Uh, so he was one half of the bench warmers, um, at the time. Um, not, not Damo Damo, the other one. I can't remember his name. I feel really bad. Um, but yeah, we did a tag team together as well on the same day. So I think it was like three to six months and I was in doing small spots. Yeah. And then I think it was about a year. Um, and I got on my first proper show, which was a, a triple threat, um, from what I remember. Right. And are you debuting as York then, or are you known by another name? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I went through so many identity crises. Like, <laughs> I I didn't know who I was for the longest time, man. I think I started Dylan Paramore because I was a big Paramore fan. I still am a big Paramore fan. And then um, 
Chris sat me down at one point. I think we we're driving back somewhere because I, I didn't drive at the time, and um, he was lovely and gave me a lift home. Um, and I think we were driving somewhere and we we're talking about it, and I think we came up with uh, so Ashton Ballantyne um, was the name that I I ran Riot City the most, um, and. It was like sort of like Ashton Kutcher and, and Valentine, like Valentine. So I just, I kind of was this hipster sort of, you know how uh, Tyler Breeze came out with a selfie stick? I was doing that yeah. basically before Tyler Breeze was doing that. There you go. Copied you. So, no, no. Like, he, did, <laughs> he did it way better. He did it way better. Um, and I didn't have the, the whole selfie stick. I just had the phone and yeah. Um, like, so they had a lot of creative ideas and because I didn't know who I wanted to be, it was just sort of, I was floating around a bunch of ideas and, um, and I carried Ballantyne through and then I left Wright city and I, um, changed name again, um, uh, to Brian Lawson for a while there. Um, and then that was, that was my last sort of, moment where I went, who, who am I? Like, cause, cause Brian Lawson was, was, um, came out of a friend of mine and his shoot name. Um, and I was like, I could play your like cousin angle or brother angle here and we'll just do something. And I just changed my name on a whim cause I didn't know who I was. Yeah. Um, and that was a horrible, that was a horrible <laughs> time in my wrestling. Um, and then, that's when sort of York was born in, in Perth. I, I um, sort of came back down to roots and and um, just sat with myself for a bit and went, what do I want to be? Who am I? Um, do, you know, what do I love? What's my inspirations? And that's why I settled on York. And, and funnily enough, York is literally from – I'm just going to show you how much of a nerd I am. Um, York is literally from – something called red vs blue which was a halo inspired miniseries at the time mm-hmm. and and it was like um some special agent in part in in that in that series they named themselves after all of the uh, american states yeah uh-huh. and one of them was york and i was like i love that name york's a badass he's funny um, that's exactly what I'm trying to em- embody. I'm trying to have some fun, be funny, but also be a bit of a hard ass. So yeah, it's, it stuck. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you'd named yourself after the small country town also in WA known as York. <laughs> right. I, do you know, I didn't know that existed until <laughs> I went, I went to a show. Um, we did a country show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember where it was now. Um, but it's, it was past York and, and we're driving up there and, we passed York and I'm like, oh, hold up. That's a, that's a street sign. There's a street sign named after me. Um, obviously not. It was the other way around, but um, my friend's like, no, that's a whole, like whole ass town. <laughs> I was like, oh, sweet. Keep going. You get the key to the city. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're the, the local hero. Down my there. town now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's I am the captain. <laughs> Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to, like, pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels now let's get back to the interview so i um i first became aware of you with deathmatch down under you appeared very quickly in deathmatch down under um and obviously the the nickname the weight of the world stands out immediately how did you come up with that one as well 
Um, this, so I used to, uh, when I came up with the name York, um, I wrestled a lot of different places in Perth. So I started with, uh, NHPW and then moved to Schwa, um, and EPW and Schwa, there's a guy at Schwa called Felix Young. Um, and he was helping running some Schwa shows. And at one point he just came up with this, um, because of the way I wrestle, he just came up with this, like, oh, this guy's a heavy cruiserweight. And I adopted the shit out of that immediately. Uh, this is my name. I'm the heavy cruiserweight. This is sick. And I started doing more cruiserweight stuff because I love cruiserweights. Yeah. And I was like, stop boxing me in just because I'm a big dude. Like, I'm going to do cruiserweight stuff. Yeah. Um, so I started running with that for ages. And then when I moved to Melbourne, Joel Bateman hit me up. Mm-hmm. And Joel and I go back years. Many, many, many years. Um, back to basically when I started wrestling. And he was talking about Deathmatch Down Under and if I, you know, I want to um, be involved and, and how that would look and what I would have to do. Um, and so we, we were talking about sort of character stuff and let's let's do a play on the Heavy Cruiserweight. You know, let's let's um, see what we can workshop. And it, it was it was Joel's brainchild, man. It was his idea. It was like the way to the world. And I was like, I absolutely dig that. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, and it just made so much sense for what I was doing at the time. Um, coming out of COVID and, and lockdown, I basically almost retired. Mm-hmm. Um, like I put up a like I did a, I did the whole post. I was like, I'm done. Like I, I there's no wrestling. I'm stuck in Melbourne. There's no wrestling. Like I think I'm done. Um, my body's getting sore. I'm getting old. Um, and yeah, I got pulled out of that and, and, and I was like, well, I'm, my style at the time was very much like, I'm just going to jump on you and throw my body at you and you're going to get hurt. Um, so <laughs> the way to the world just kind of really fit that. Um, so yeah, I have, I have Joel to thank for that. Yeah. It's a, it's a great moniker. Um, and it's been really interesting seeing, uh, the evolution of you in the company as well, because it starts you this big you know grim sort of bruiser and then as you start to dabble more in deathmatch and you go through the dream tournaments where you are now you're you're pretty much a fan favorite because you've i guess earned everybody's respect and you've got like a banger entrance and stuff like that uh how was it (laughs) it was a good choice going with toto you can't you can't boo the toto guy yeah another (laughs) another beautiful story about the toto entrance um Joel and I both agreed that uh, I, I kind of want to come out to something that's anti-wrestling music. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people use a lot of like, you know, the typical grungy rock, heavy yeah. metal, whatever it is. I was like, I've done that. I've, I've, I've played that trope out. I, I've come out to all of that sort of stuff. And I was like, I really want to do something different. Yeah. Um, and Joel sent me a bunch of music. And he's just like, these are all like what I would classify anti-wrestling music. And one of them was Toto. And I was just like, that is it. That's the one. That's the one. That's going to be the money. It's like, funny as well because it's anti-wrestling music, but it's kind of pro-deathmatch music. Because all the best deathmatch wrestlers all have like ridiculous like 80s songs and right? stuff like that. Like it's the it's almost a trope in deathmatch to have this ridiculous song that everybody's, you know, drunk and singing as you come out. That's like part of the vibe, right? So it even lends right? to that more than it <laughs> and that's crazy because i i i i'm unlike joel unlike callan unlike you know um rivers and all these guys that have have really been busting their ass to make deathmatch down under or not even just deathmatch down under but deathmatch wrestling um accessible and 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 you know um travel and be worldwide yeah um I was never a deathmatch guy. Mm-hmm. Like we go back to my roots. Like I said, I, I was very much the Jericho Mark. I was very much the Eddie Mark. Like I, wrestling was where I was at for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the conversations I had with Joel was like, you, your company's called deathmatch down under. Do I have to be doing deathmatches? And he's like, no, we've got a heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. And that's why, like when I come in, I'm very much like just doing just normal wrestling matches. Um, and it was quite literally the first show that they did. I think it was, uh, Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't on that. I, I just came and watched and helped out and, and, um, to see what it was all about and check it out. 
and the main event was Callan and Rivers in, yep. in the light tube, Lunacy or whatever it was at the yep. time. Was Hundred light, light tubes, tube. yeah. <laughs> and it was it was insane, right? It was mental. And I was like, I think I walked up to Joel after the show. I was like, I think I want to do glass once. Yep. I was like, I watched that and I was like, I've always been interested in how people do that sort of stuff and I, and, and and how they cope with it and mm-hmm. and the pain and everything. And I was like, I think I want to do it once, but only once because I don't want to do that full time. Um, and it was like, from that point on, Joel's like, all right, well, let, well, and I've done hardcore stuff before, right? Like yeah. most wrestlers have done hardcore stuff. We've done chairs, ladders, tables, yeah. safe, uh, not safe chairs, uh, tax, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so Joel just started like slowly pushing me into sort of like low key death matches that yeah. are, without me even really realizing <laughs> I was in death matches. Just sneaking <laughs> you in. <laughs> yeah. So we had like a tag match and it was like cinder blocks and um, low key cinder blocks. (laughs) That's what you call low key. This is just kind of hardcore, right? This is just, I'm just doing hardcore. And then um, Callum drops me on the, on the safety pins and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is a death match, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Didn't realize I I was in that. Yeah. (laughs) I roll out, I got safety pins on my back and I'm just like, hmm. Huh, okay. Um, and from that moment forward, it just it, it just started snowballing. Like I had the, the dog collar death match with Callan and that was so much fun. Um, and I was just like, can I do this permanently? Like, can I, I had a chat. It was a Ballarat show, the, the same show that I did the, the dog collar. And I was like, I had a chat with Joel and Callan. I was like, is this my thing? Like, is this what I'm good at? Is this what I'm going to do? And they're like, yes, you're good at this. Do it. What are you doing? And I was like, all right, I guess I'm a deathmatch guy. Um, and I hate boxes. Like, I hate labels. Like, I don't I, – yeah. I consider myself a hybrid wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still do normal matches at Adrenaline Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. um, and, and stuff like that. But, like, I um, – yeah, I started doing deathmatches more. And, and then, obviously, the Dream Tournament happened, and I got my wish to do glass for the first time. <laughs> Which what a way to do Boy, it for anyone that, that doesn't know. Like in the in the first round of the dream tournament, York faces Joel Bateman in like a light tube match essentially, and they did yep. not take it easy. And that was his first exposure to glass. And you guys just went mental. And what's so interesting about Deathmatch Down Under is that like a lot of you are still just finding your way. You know what I mean? It's a brand new company. Uh, they're sourcing talent from local wrestlers it's not like they can just go oh well we'll just bring in the cream of the crop from around the country like they do in america they go we need to build a roster and we need to develop you know a stable of people that are going to do this style as well as other stuff which isn't a small thing to do because you know you need people that are reliable and that want to do it and stuff like that and so it's been amazing watching the growth of guys like yourself guys like callan even you know he's the champion but it's not like he had a huge resume of deathmatches before Deathmatch Down Under. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, the 100 Light Tube match was his first, if not one of his very early deathmatches, you know? So it's super interesting watching you just go, all right, head first into the pool, let's do it, and go from there. Yeah, and I have to give credit where credit's due. Uh, it's not an easy task to start a new company and then source talent, build talent, keep it all sort of the, the balance that you need to keep, keep everyone strong mm-hmm. while, you know, people have to win and people have to lose. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, it's having that balance of telling good stories and, and, and does a win or loss really matter. And um, they've done such an amazing job. Like all five of them have done such an amazing job. Um, and for myself, like I, there's a lot of guys like me, we've been wrestling 10, 15, some of us less, but like most of us have been wrestling around that 10 year mark. And not given that opportunity or not found the right uh, version of, of ourselves or not, whatever it be, we just haven't broken out yet. And um, Deathmatch Down Under have, have given a lot of opportunities to people like me, um, KV. Um, he recently had a match against Robbie Eagles and slayed it. Yes. Um, so, like, there's so many people. And, like, I didn't know the wealth of Melbourne wrestling. And you've got guys like Dusk, who I think is fantastic. Absolutely. Um, 
obviously Royce Chambers before he stepped away for a bit. Um, you know, Richie before he retired. Like there are guys that I didn't really know about before coming and watching uh, Deathmatch Down Under and, and being part of it. So they've done such an amazing job to pick the right people, the right environment, um, the right talent to do what they need to do. And, and, and they're giving us the opportunities to slay it. Yeah. And a lot of us are. And it's it's quite quite crazy to sort of to see that and go, oh, I've had this in me this whole time. Yeah. Like, what's – I just needed someone to either back me or I just – I just need to find that it, it factor yeah. that we all talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and just find that thing, you know, uh, because of the way Australian wrestling was and the stigma around death matches being what they were in Australia and stuff like that, that opportunity had never been across your door, you know, and then when it came, you're like, well, maybe I'll, you know, dip a toe in and see how it goes, and then you found something that you've you've really enjoyed. Yeah, and I've had so many mad opportunities. Um like the the fact that I can still wrestle normal matches, like I wrestle normal matches at Adrenaline, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like like I recently we just had a show on Saturday where um, we had a a championship rumble, and I was lucky enough to go over. And I was I about to the, say, aren't you the champion of Adrenaline? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So like I'm a heavyweight champion of Adrenaline. I wrestle normal matches there, but even even like the doors are open now to the point that I was fortunate enough to wrestle Alex Cologne yes. at Adrenaline yeah. in a death match. It's crazy. Um, what, literally so, like, one of the best in the world. Like you would say easily yeah, top five, if not the best. Absolutely. And like to get that opportunity, that must have been crazy to like, you know, work under his learning tree. Oh, and, and you know what? He's not even just the best deathmatch wrestler in the world. He's a fantastic wrestler. Yeah. Like people forget that he's really good at wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like I've never been mer- nervous in the last – sort of six years to plan a match. Um, I've, I've never really sort of gone, oh, I can't think of what I want to put in this match or I'm blanking because, but the moment Cologne was like, hey, let's run through the match. I was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in the ring with the best death match wrestler in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was, uh, that was an experience that I'll never forget. Like, the things that I learned, I learned so much just from planning, and then I learned so much in the ring with him, the way he moves, the way he um, plans, the way he talks, uh, just everything. And to get that opportunity was only because of, of you know, the the deathmatch down under plus adrenaline pro wrestling, that sort of relationship that I have with Joel and 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 the guys being able to bring those two worlds together. Yeah. Um, and that's just a testament to how good Melbourne is at the moment. Yeah. Um, being able to do cr- cross promotion sort of stuff like that is amazing. And I mean, that wasn't that in itself. That was a title match too, right? That was for the TNT title, yeah. which is a UK company. <laughs> you know, like so. How wild is that? Yeah, yeah. So TNT, TNT Extreme Championship, yeah. I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they, I think that was his first defense. In, yeah, he won it uh, off Clint Margera of that yeah, championship. So that was wild. Being not only just it being a match with Alice Cologne that's going to be seen the world over, but also for a, a championship that has been held by some really fucking talented people. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, holy shit, I'm now part of that history. Yeah. Um, and then two, not uh, two days later, technically, but like a day break, and then I was in another championship match against a guy in New Zealand. So like. That it's just hectic the amount of opportunities that I've gotten mm-hmm. from from just starting deathmatch like deathmatch wrestling and yeah. and and um, being part of deathmatch down under. Yeah, it's a, so awesome. Um, I'm not going to release this episode until uh, this goes live on IWTV. But the show I was at, uh, I also uh, I saw you in a um, multi-person match, and in it you you had a, a basically a weapon I had never seen before. Yorker had this big plastic white bucket, and we're all and he carries it in, and we're all all like, "What? What's going on with this fucking bucket?" And uh, at <laughs> mid match, he he tears it open like it's it's sealed. It's sealed. Reveals it. It's sealed. Reveals it, and then pulls it and pours it out, and it's like a selection of just like rubble, I guess, like rocks and cinder block 
stuff. I, I don't know where you just buy a bucket of rocks, but this motherfucker <laughs> just like whips it out and pours it in the center of the ring. And I was like, I had never seen that before. I'd never seen anybody bring in a a bucket of rocks and like literally reveal it. Like like the, the theatrics of opening the bucket was like really cool and different. Right, so it was a, it was a uh, bring your own weapon match, right? Uh, and yes. these are some of my favorites because yeah. you you quite literally just get to come up with whatever the fuck you come up with in your brain. Um, and like I've done a few like crazy things, like uh, the the dream tournament with Joel. Like I put light tubes attached to a chair. Yes. Um, and that was sort of my little like invention. Um, I've never seen it done before. I'm sure it has been. Somebody will correct us. I'm sure. Um, but I'd never seen it done before. And I was just sitting there going, logistically, I feel like this works. The funny story about the bucket though, is the fact that it was sealed was also news to me. (laughs) Like (laughs) You were like, how do I open this? I I have it in the ring. I have it in the ring and I'm ready. I'm like, this this is when I'm doing it. This is, you know, what's going on. And, I go to open it. I'm like, why is it not opening? Yeah. And then I look inside of the tab and I'm like, oh, it's sealed. Um, yeah, it's it's broken up cinder blocks and concrete and gravel. Um, is it like full gardening or something like that? Is it like... Uh, I'm, I couldn't even, I couldn't even like, tell you, yeah, honestly. Where, where do you even uh, buy it? Like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't buy it. I asked for it. I didn't buy it. I just wanted it. And it, it was... Were well, you like, the, can the, somebody the, get me a bucket of rocks is basically what you asked for. And they got you a brand new sealed bucket of rocks. The DMD gods provided. I just, rocks are us. It, we just ordered it online and it just turned up fully sealed. Like, I don't even know where you would fucking go to get it. The story goes way back further than this, right? So obviously my first introduction to like proper deathmatch wrestling, I had cinder blocks. Yes. And I'm a crazy motherfucker who likes to jump on people with my senton, right? Mm. And I just kept coming up with these dumb spots of like putting someone on cinder blocks and, and sentoning them. And I was like, I think this is the best thing in the world. Um, Not for so them. I fell in love with cinder blocks. Yeah. And, <laughs> Um, one Sunday, uh, at, um, Kindred, I think it was against, uh, Will Walker mm-hmm. and uh, the match was like, uh, cinder blocks and light tubes or cinder blocks and something. I can't remember what, what it was, but it was like, yeah. it, it's, it's cinder blocks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fantastic. I love cinder blocks. Um, I turn up to, to sort of go over what I'm going to be doing. And Joel's like, yeah, you got a box of, of, of broken center blocks there too. Like a, like a bucket of, of gravel. And I'm like, I've got what? Sorry. <laughs> He's like, yeah, just, you know, just a bucket of, of broken up concrete. Basically. Bucket of shit, basically. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. I, I'm not going to use. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to use that. It's fucking stupid. Anyway, it's in the ring for our match. And I do my entrance and everybody is like, what's in the bucket? Yeah. Um, this one's not sealed from what I remember because I remember peeking at it. Um, it's like, what's in the bucket? I'm like, I don't know what's in the bucket. So I go peek at what's in the bucket. I'm like, oh my God, that's fucked. Right. <laughs> um, and, and I'm like, it's in the fucking ring. Like, I, what am I going to do? Not use it? Like, fuck. So... I end up tipping it out and we do half the match with rocks everywhere and um, no one died. So I was like, fuck it. This is my new weapon. <laughs> no one died. So I was like, fuck it. This is my new weapon. I love it. Um, and it, to be honest, the cool thing about the the trope of the bucket as it goes forward, you know, especially with the reveal and that, is when I first saw the bucket, I was like, maybe it's a bucket of salt or maybe it's a thing, and it revealed <clears throat> to be the rocks, right? The cool thing is, is now you've set a precedent where it's rocks, it's going to be great the one time it's not rocks, and then you've done something completely different and just fucks everybody up. Yeah, right, so I could pull anything out of that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I could pull rubber snakes out. Or I could pull a, a bunch of thumbtacks or, I don't know, Lego. Anything can come out of that box now exactly. or that bucket now. So, like, it's going to be a fuck ton of fun. Yeah, exactly. You could even <laughs> have, you could even have one with. where you're, like, uh, your opponent switched it on you. And it's like, yeah, you know, 
uh, I don't know, something it's soft, sad. like soft toys, or yeah, or sad, <laughs> or something that's like not even going to hurt them in any way. <laughs> exactly. There's, like, there's, oh there's no, my shit. bucket of sand. Yeah, exactly. You, you're all mad about it. It can be a bucket of water or <laughs> something. <laughs> Oh my lord! You imagine if it was water? That'd be the best. <laughs> Just like, oh, this is refreshing. And then another time it's this vinegar, is, I, I and that's not water good. everywhere. Oh no! <laughs> exactly. It's just vinegar. Somebody might or something actually fun. die if it was water. Yeah, I know. It just somebody, yeah, drown somebody. So you can get creative. What's in the bucket every time is going to be absolutely hilarious, um, dude. So, so what's next for you, man? Obviously, Dream Went Killer. You. you didn't make it all the way through, but I, I feel like it was a big coming out party for you. Um, everybody was taking notice. There was an amazing yeah. photo of you dripping blood that has become kind of iconic and synonymous with you. It's a, you know on your, your merch now. Everybody's rocking it. I saw so many York shirts uh, when I was at DMDU Live. And, yeah, and it just seems to be, you know, the character sort of catching life and becoming a thing of his own. So uh, what do you got plans and uh, what are your hopes going forward? It's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and we we touched on it before about the opportunities and everything, but like, uh, like Dream, Joel's Joel's a tough son of a bitch, right? Yeah, you know, it was always it was always stacked sort of against me going against Joel, um, and to almost get him, um, and have that moment where he, he like has to use a wrestling move to beat me is hectic. Yeah. So that went really well. Um, yeah, people in America noticed that the the photo our photography team is fantastic, right? Um, Jake and Owen are like fantastic it, and yeah. and make brilliant fucking photos. Um, the the whole outfit, the whole like from medical to people who help with the ring to the photography to the like booking team to everything, it's a really really classy outfit. Um, so like going forward, obviously, I I, I want the death. A championship. I want what Callan's got, um, and and that's kind of the goal. Um, in terms of sort of travel and stuff, I mean, the Cologne match went pretty bloody well, um, and I've got like, you, you know, who Schlack is yeah, absolutely. Um, a guy in America, deathmatch guy, in, yeah, deathmatch guy in America who, um, apparently, I, apparently loves my shit. So like, that's, awesome. that's probably a goal. Go go over to America and 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 um, um you know wrestle guys like Schlack wrestle Cologne again if I can, um you know just travel travel yeah. as much as possible get as many opportunities as possible. Um, I'm still hungry. I'm still learning. I'm still wanting to get as much out of this as I can. I am getting older. I'm not like crazy old. Don't get me wrong, but I'm getting older. My body is getting sore. Um, so. <laughs> Get you found a way to accelerate can, right? that. Get the fuck out while I can. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I didn't say I was the smartest cookie. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, like local. It's 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 take what Callan's got. Um, that's the, that's the prize that we're after in Deathmatch Down Under. Yeah. Um, and internationally, it's 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 hopefully add as much to my resume as I can, wrestle as many good people as I can, learn as much as I can. Um, and hopefully bring that knowledge back and pass it on. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. That's awesome. Open for, for tournaments? Like, obviously, Dream was a, a positive experience for you. It was only the one round, but could you see yourself doing going through that again? More rounds, more more tournaments? Oh, if, if, if I have the opportunity to, to do Dream again, with what I learned from last time, I'm keen. Yeah. Um, like with what I learned from Cologne and, and Joel and Callan, I've wrestled Callan a few times and like, I think I'm going to be dangerous in dream if I get another chance yeah. at dream. Well, I mean the um, story of dream, at that, least Joel's story is that, I mean, you're kind of the reason he didn't win. You know what I mean? Like that initial yeah. first round takes so much out of him that he's, you know, reeling from it from the start. So, you know, depending on what your draw is next time, you can mow all the way through to the end, you know? And and that's and that's no pun intended, but that's the dream, right? It's it's, it's quite literally try to get to the final challenge for the the deathmatch down under deathmatch belt, um, and, and who knows from there? It, it, 
the thing is, like, like I said, I'm, I don't box myself. Like, I've got the Adrenaline Heavyweight Championship, which is just um, defended through standard wrestling most of the time. But I'm also bringing that edge to Adrenaline where, um, you know, you never know. I might come out with a bundle of, of light tubes and smash someone over the head in an ODQ match. Um, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and so I, I still want to be able to wrestle um, what I would call quote-unquote standard matches as well. Um, but I've, you know, I've got to really focus, you know what it's like when you watch your, your favorites on TV and, and they're going for the championship, like it's all encompassing, right? Mm-hmm. So if I really want to challenge Callan or whoever holds the championship at the time, uh-huh. um, then I really need to focus on that. Um, but I've got to be careful not to sleep too hard on, on the fact that I've got the adrenaline heavyweight championship. I need to defend that as well. So Busy. I'm going to be busy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Well, tell the people where to find you on social media, man, so they can keep up with everything that York is up to. Yeah, man. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is just deathmatch underscore York. Um, I don't really do the Facebooks. <laughs> um, I've got merch at uh, deathmatch down under shows. I've got merch at the Adrenaline shows. I will be working on getting them up on either Wrestler Merch or Deathmatch Worldwide. Um for now, if you uh, want to reach out and get a shirt or anything from me, just message me on, on Instagram or Twitter. Um, otherwise, yeah, I hope to see you guys at the shows. That's awesome. Man, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're out there in the cold training doing all sorts of stuff, so I appreciate you taking the time uh, to speak to everybody uh, and for everybody out there for the weight of the world, York, and for Faces and Feels. Remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks everyone for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com, the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the final view. Vinyls and Violence a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalize Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something. <laughs>